Well, hello, all my Biconics wrestling nerds out there. And hi, this is El Jefe himself, Mikey. For right now, I'm going to be bringing my co-host in in a little bit. But I wanted to welcome all of you guys to our uh, live stream once again. We are getting really, really with these. This is like the fourth or fifth. But we are here for the first ever NXT Grapple Guru Review live stream where myself and uh, two of my favorite co-hosts right now are going to be reviewing NXT's Vengeance Day from Sunday, February 4th, 2024. A little bit of housekeeping before I bring in my host for tonight. If you like what we do here, make sure to hit that bell notification and subscribe to our YouTube channel at the Biconics Wrestling Podcast. We want to get notifications on when these videos go live as well as some fun behind the scenes stuff you can follow us all over the social medias at bc WrestlePod. and if you can't commit to watching our beautiful mugs on the youtube stream and all other video platforms you can carry us with you because we are now in audio format for all of our reviews not just the podcast episodes anymore it is a good time to be have but before we get into everything proper I am going to bring in my co-host one by one, so that way everyone can, you know, introduce themselves, give some general thoughts about Vengeance Day, and then we'll get into the nitty-gritty. So first and foremost, you know him, you love him. He is my ride or die, the one and only Papa Oso himself, Will. Hi, friend. Hello. There. there we go. Technology is great. Yeah. Now it's I was hitting buttons, you were hitting buttons. Yeah, it just didn't work. <laughs> hey, but you know what? going to be a beautiful thing and uh wow i can't believe it we finally made it to our first nxt live stream pay-per-view review i know right and i've got and instead of my normal headband that i wear i'm actually wearing a full-on do-rag tonight channeling it's, got, your it's got flames on it nice you're channeling your inner otm <laughs> yes i am indeed oh my goodness uh but so me and Will normally cover NXT. We are the NXT team. But breaking news, we have signed someone to the NXT team this time around after some contract negotiations and some back and forth with how contracts are going to work out. We here at Los Chicos Gord have signed a third member to our review team. He is kind of new to the NXT audience for those who watch our reviews. But he is not new to the Biconics universe. You can find him all over the Ring of Honor reviews. And you can follow him all over the TNA reviews with us as well. Officially joining the NXT team. Give it up for Andrew. Hopefully he'll camera will want to work with him today there we go what's going on yeah i didn't want to hit extra buttons and uh, mess stuff up so. <laughs> oh my goodness well andrew it took us a couple of weeks we signed some contracts but officially welcome to the nxt team my friend thank you yeah uh you you uh, got me hooked and uh you know uh, i had to come in for the fix so i uh, you know uh, i enjoyed it it was fun i think this was my first nxt uh you know uh premium live events i think since like the black and gold era so uh, it was fun to get back into it especially having watched the last couple weeks to lead into vengeance day so i was excited to see what they were gonna do oh absolutely and i am so happy that you're here we've got a yeah. lot to cover because even though it was only six matches we have lots of thoughts and feelings about what we ended up watching some good and some questions i have so Let's just jump straight into it. So Vengeance Day 
2024 came to us all the way live from Clarksville, Tennessee. I love that they take the PLEs to different cities around the country to do these things. It's a lot of fun. And Vengeance Day opens up with our first match, the finals of the Dusty Cup Tag Team Classic. This is the first match that we're going to talk <laughs> about, Trick, because he pulled double duty tonight. What did we think yeah. of the Dusty Cup finals opening up Vengeance Day? I loved it. I was here for the Wolf Dogs like wholeheartedly. And I cannot believe I'm saying that out loud because literally a month ago, I was like, I hate these guys so much as individuals. But now as a team, it is, I am ride or die. I freaking love them. And I love like Trick. You know, I love Trick Williams, but I was like, yeah, I want you to destroy them. And they did. And I loved it. And I was like a happy little fangirl. <laughs> totally. At the end of this match, I was, I think I even messaged uh, you, Mikey, when I was, uh, when I was watching it about when they won, I was literally like yelling again. I was at work when I was watching it too. So my students heard me yelling in my office and I, this, I, I really enjoyed the match. I wasn't sure how it was going to go because I didn't know if it was going to be like a legit match or it was just going to be sort of a, you know, we're going to do this match, but really like Trick and Carmelo are going to win, you know, like they, the wolf dogs wouldn't actually have a chance. Uh -huh. It wasn't that at all. I was like, Oh, okay. This is like a, a legit match. And I was like, and then I got happy and then it happened. And I just, I, I love, love, love how Baron and Braun work together. I just love it. I mean, yeah, you know, they're, they're, they're too, they work perfectly together. I mean, because they, you know, and I, I like it because they know where they stand with each other. So there's like no, like they don't know. So there's no, there's none of that. It's literally like you're an ass, I'm an ass. Now let's kick some. Ass. I loved it. So all over this match, just because. And Mike, you know, because you and I have been here since the two of them, and you, you know, and you have heard me rail on Baron Corbin. And Braun, you heard me just rail on them. And then when that episode happened where they teamed up, I was like, and then I did. I fell in freaking love with them. And I and I now I want to see them like I want to see them get the belts. I really want to see them get the belts. So yeah, I love this match. Totally loved it. If you couldn't tell. You know, I'm gonna reserve, I'm gonna save my comments for last, but Andrew. As the resident Biconics tag team expert, this was, uh, yeah, this is a tournament for tag teams. So how did we feel about these two teams going at it? You know, I, I always feel kind of different about the Dusty Classic because I feel like the Dusty Classic often has kind of put together tag teams specifically for the Dusty Classic. So I'm not as uh picky when it comes to that and what i saw from this tournament there were some really great tag teams in there you know between like axiom and frazier you know the teams that we got to see in this uh so i was really impressed by it as far as this match goes uh you know i, I i've seen baron corbin from you know his main roster stuff and i was i, I never had anything against him but uh this was probably this is probably the most enjoyable that I've seen him for myself. Uh, and I think he does work really well with Braun Breaker. The Trick Mellow Gang, obviously, they're both incredible and you put them together, they're you know, they're just as good. Overall, this was a really good match. Other than the rough spots, obviously there was the bronze breaker hitting the ropes and literally hitting the ropes with his face that uh, he had like a welt developing right on his forehead right afterwards. Mm -hmm. So I thought he got split open at first. But uh, other than some of that stuff, 
I felt like I was watching really good. I was watching potentially really good tag teams in the beginning of them forming a tag team. So I'm, I, I would love to see the war dogs continue on. They remind me a lot of, uh, when they put, uh, Seamus and Cesaro together, you know, it's one of those things where you're like, never thought about that, but they kind of click in a weird way. And it's almost like their differences make them even more fun. And I love, uh, Baron Corbin, not wanting to be called the war dog or wolf dogs constantly. Yeah, I, I feel like if they go long enough, they're, it's going to win him over, but I'm hoping that because of the desire to push Ron breaker up into some of the other, uh, brands that they're going to split them up sooner than I would like. Cause they're really surprisingly a really good tag team mm -hmm. in and out of the ring. So I I'd love to see that. And if they're going to have him move up to SmackDown or something, send them both up there to SmackDown and let them run around as a tag team together. Cause they're really entertaining. Mm -hmm. Oh, Agreed. absolutely. You both touched on a lot of the things I was going to bring up, especially, you know, Braun running into the ropes. I was just like, yikes. I do agree. I feel that all four men were trying to fill each other out for the first couple of minutes for this match. And then once they found their rhythm, then that's when things kicked off. I was interested by the fact that the way that this ended is that I believe Braun was going for a spear on Trick. Mello pushed him out of the mm -hmm. way, got speared instead, and then got pinned for it before Trick could come and break it up. So I was like, yeah. this is interesting. I was like, Carmelo took the hit for Trick. And we'll talk about the reasoning as to what Carmelo told us later in the evening when we get them both backstage. The other thing that was kind of crazy was the fact that Trick got his lip busted wide open during oh, this yeah. match, too. Mm -hmm. I was like, why are we bleeding all over them? And you know what? It We'll talk about the busted lip because it did not stop the whole entire evening. They couldn't oh. do much of anything. And we'll talk about it when we get to the main event because uh, that was the most bloodiest that we saw tonight, which was very surprising. But the Wolf Dogs end up picking up the victory here. They are your 2024 tag team, Busty <clears throat> Tag Team Classic winner. And uh, they are guaranteed a title shot later. I know. And can I say, and I, I don't want to pay real quick, just a real quick piggyback on what Andrew was talking about. When they were down talking or when they've been talking like after their matches and everything, like I don't hate them. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Baron, when Baron talks, you know, memory, I'm like, please, people take the mic away from him, please. <laughs> but when he's like bantering with Braun, it's it doesn't make me want to literally jump off of a high building. I mean, it was like, I was like, oh, they're such a great team together. And they're great. And it's like, oh, God, he's about to start talking. Oh, no. And then he did. And then because I think because they make it a comedy duo almost yeah. that it really is entertaining and not cringy. Because it was cringy whenever Baron would like grab that mic and start talking. I'm just like, oh, dear God, they need to stop. And he needs to take a public speaking class. Well, but no, now I love him. Yeah. Well, Will, I'm happy that, you know, Baron Corbin has won you over in the Wolf Dogs. Uh, I'm going to put this man on blast. Crossway still has issues with the way that delivers promos. He thinks he's stiffer than a board of cardboard, but that is neither here nor there. So I. We're going to get Professor on here one of these days to be like, so explain your thesis as to why you think Baron Corbin is yeah. not great on the mic. He's not. When he's individual, he is horrible. <laughs> he's oh, not the horrible. Best. But when it's him and Braun, yeah. like going back and forth, because I think because he has someone to play off of that he animates and it's like, oh, look at there. Oh my gosh. Okay. But when he has to like by himself, when he is like mm -hmm. speaking as an individual, it's, oh, it's, it's, 
like nails on chalkboard. It's just like, oh dear God, kill me now. I feel <laughs> like uh Braun and Baron, like they pick up the slack where the other one mm-hmm. might be lagging. Yeah. And it's like whenever you know, when I watch their promos a lot together, it's almost like it, they talk enough that as soon as they start to like run out of their skill set, the other one comes Picks in. Up. And so it's yeah. like, yeah, they never go far enough to like hit their weak spots and no, they, they work really well complement each other. Yeah. It's so funny. I mean, it yeah. truly is hilarious that I am so like team brawn and yeah. core. I mean, I can't believe it. I'm literally, I still, when I'm like, yeah, I'm like, what is happening with me right now? I just, <laughs> well, and I feel like the two of them, if they wanted to, I know this happens so much, especially in WWE is, you know, when you want to give someone a singles push, the instinct is to break up the team. Mm-hmm. But we've seen from groups like the new day that like, you can have one of them get a singles push and the other one be supportive of that. And I feel like the relationship that they're building between Baron and Braun, like you could have that. Like if uh, Braun gets like a push to get a singles title, I almost feel like the relationship that they're building, like Baron Corbin would be like excited for him, you know? So I I hope I would like to see more of them. So I hope they don't break them up too soon if they break them up at all. Yeah, I agree. Me too. And this was a really fun way to start off Vengeance Day. So then we get into some controversy a little bit because then we immediately go into our second match, which is a no disqualification match. Joe Gacy versus Dijak. Okay, so I feel we're going to have some split opinions on this because there were some things I liked, but there were also some questionable things i want to preface by saying that i know by wwe standards when i hear no dq i'm not expecting what i normally get no one's going to be bleeding there's not going to be crazy spots which is weird because of the fact that you know we had becky lynch and tiffany stratton bleed all over the place during their match at no mercy but i guess that's because it was extreme rules it was fine whatever so we literally got this story and this match was made literally the go home show before (laughs) vengeance day i mean gacy and dijak were kind of fighting with each other nobody knows what's going on with joe gacy He's kind of anywhere, everywhere, all at once. You know, he was in the back of the trunk of a car with the family. He was doing commentating for a little bit. You know, me and Will were hoping, and we're still hoping he has a murder board somewhere. He was interacting with the Gallus boys. Gacy was all over the place. And then just for some reason, Dijak is the thing that made him snap. The go-home show, they were fighting the whole entire episode, which culminated in Dijak throwing him into a dumpster off the top of the building. And then he pops up when Ava's talking to Dijak. Be like, you want this match? Cool. No DQ. Here we go. Yeah. There was a duct tape. At one point, I thought we visited Pee-wee's Playhouse with all the toys we had on the this match was I, a little bit all over the place. But the table was my favorite moment, though. Oh, for I, sure. That, that table, when he, oh my God, that was great. That was my favorite moment in this whole match. I, I, <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He was, I mean, it was, he was a little short on that table. But I got, I go, I got concerned when he put the duct tape on it because <laughs> it went across his eyebrows. And I was like, and then he just like ripped it off. I was like, oh my God. Instant I, nair. I do have to say that it's funny because I had the same thoughts. And I think it says something for your hardcore match when people's first or biggest concern coming out of it is, oh, he's going to rip his eyebrows off. I mean, I think, you know. Yeah. I, 
I mean, if this was a hardcore match, I would have been like, absolutely. It's like, please, I want I want Dijak to be eyebrow just, you know, for a few weeks, just so we can look at that and be like, you know, but I don't know. This, this match was weird to me. I love, I don't, I love whatever Joe Gacy's doing right now. I don't know what the hell it is, and I don't really care. I love it. I mean, and, you know, we get to, we get more of him later, and, you know, it's like, and it's so wonderful. He's he's just delightfully crazy right now, and I and I love that he is picking random fights with random people because like before this, it was uh, Joe Coffee mm-hmm. that he picked that random ass fight with, <laughs> like for no reason. And then now all of a sudden, DiJack is his target, and I'm just like, what are you doing? And I think you're right. I think he has a board somewhere, and he's like running through all of these these folks. He needs he's on his way somewhere, and I don't know where he's going, but I'm on a journey with him, and I'm gonna go because I freaking love this Joe Gacy. And when like at the end of this match, when he's unconscious and he's smiling, it's like you are crazy, my man, and I love it. I love it so much. Look forward to to Joe Gacy popping up places. Yeah, this match really what this match did for me was sell me on Joe Gacy. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of him, obviously, other than some of the stuff that led up to this. I was really surprised he did really well with the hardcore aspects that they did have, but he was also a really good in ring wrestler. Like he really impressed me all the way across the board, and his character work is phenomenal. I I came out of this a bigger fan of his. I have talked with you all a bit about this uh, before. I am not a Dijak fan. I've just not found him very interesting. Like, so for me, this match was really a showcase for Joe Gacy. I didn't like some of the, like, storytelling psychology. Like, Dijak went through the table, and then as soon as he came back in the ring, he chokeslammed Joe Gacy. And it was like, all of a sudden, he was like, strong again and it was just it felt like we didn't have time for certain things to sink in because things we just had to get to the next big thing and i I don't like that especially as we go longer into a match in a hardcore match but overall i thought it was a good hardcore match for the rating level that we're gonna get from wwe you know it's basically i think in other places we're used to like rated r level hardcore matches extreme matches <laughs> and this felt like a pg hardcore yeah, match yeah but you know i liked the little like instead of thumbtacks or glass or whatever putting the diecast cars out on the table and you know trying to spice it up in ways that you can so overall i thought it was a good match i was more impressed with this match than i thought i would be especially with my expectations from Dijak. but yeah i i i am very much looking forward to seeing joe gacy <laughs> pop up week in and week out and i honestly for the most part don't care who he's going after because it's just he's chaos he's a yeah. bit of the joker in there yeah. uh in the ring and i i'm here for it yep and you know you mentioned the thing about die jack how he you know he recovered so quickly did you kind of see that you know thinking back you kind of see that in all of his matches even like the ones with like eddie would like wallop him and he would be like oh i'm down and then bam he's like back to full strength and i'm like okay but all right, we'll keep going. So I'm not a big fan of Dijak either. I mean, that's there's that's no secret. I mean, you know, but I will say that I am I do enjoy Dijak when he's in a more of a comedic role than like the the bad guy role, so to yeah. speak. Like this whole thing with him and Joe Gacy, like when Joe Gacy went into his office and was like tormenting him and everything. I thought that whole scene was hilarious. And like Dijak was 
funny. Mm-hmm. And that whole sequence of events, I thought it got more serious when they went outside. Yeah. But prior to that, I thought, you know, I was like, oh my God, this is hilarious. And I don't hate you right now, Jack. <laughs> you know, and then, then he goes into default, you know, which is what we see. And I'm yeah. just like, come on, man, grow some. I need you to grow. I need you to be something different for me. But I didn't care about Dijak. It was all about Jay Gacy for me. And he is shit crazy. And I love it. Yeah. I think one of my favorite spots, as funny as it was, was, you know, no, when Dijak hit the fist of your eyes on Gacy while he was duct taped, and then he was struggling to find where Gacy was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I was was like, okay, this is great. No, the most surrealist moment is I felt Dijak's pain when he got that duct tape ripped off of his eyebrows and balls. That was real to me. I was like, I had that done to me before as a prank. It is not fun to tear that off when you're done. Yeah, it hurt me too. The hair, and it was like, my eyelids are sticking to this. Should it be possible? You know, it was also funny watching the referee who was trying to help him. Yeah, I'm sorry. And it literally was like, I don't think I should be doing this. (laughs) Is what it really looked like. He's like, you really want me to do this? Because, oh my God, it's in your hair. It's like, oh God, you're going to have bald spots. Goodness. But Dijab picks up the victory here. This is the only prediction I had wrong. But honestly, going into this match, I was 50-50 either way. I was entertained by spots. I'm going to be honest, this is not my most favorite like NXT hardcore match. I still put Tiffany and Becky Lynch up there, and then my second place would have to go to Blair and Roxanne from Great American. That That weapon's wild mask was insane. I saw. I went back and watched that one. That was crazy. That trash can spot where Roxanne was beating the tar out of Mm -hmm. Blair with the kendo stick with her inside of the trash can. (laughs) Yeah. So we can't get a NXT PLE because we do get some backstage shenanigans. So this is the first part where we see the Chase U girls selling their C calendar. Which, by the way, I come to find out it is sold out on NXTShop.com. I'm like, yeah. oh man. But then I looked at the picture. I was like, okay, these are tasteful. Like, I'm here for this. I found this segment hilarious. I am one of the few people, along with Will, that we love this whole JC is saving Chase U storyline. It is so camp. I know the campiness isn't everyone's cup of tea when it comes to wrestling, but I love, I love the campiness. It is so over the top ridiculous, but I don't care. It's- I mean, you, you you gotta have it. I mean, that's the thing. And I know people are like, oh, it shouldn't be, it should always be the, I'm like, no, 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 no. It's entertainment, folks. This is what you get. You don't, it's not all blood and guts and all that, because, you know, it it's fun. You gotta have that palate cleanser, you know, and that's why you bring the humor in. It's because it's like, oh, you just watch these two guys literally destroy one another. So then you give them a little bit of ha 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 ha. That's what you do, and then you <laughs> then you go into the next one. I mean, that's what you do. It's 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 important. No, you know? I get that. I was just chuckling the way that you said it. I was like, I like that. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> exactly correct. I mean, it's what it is. I mean, I love the corny, cheesy segments. I love it because I'm a I'm a low humor kind of guy anyway. But I, I just I like go for the cheap gag. I don't care. I think it's great. I mean. And then, yeah, this whole thing was hilarious. And I, I love this JC Thea thing. And I'm so glad that it did not turn out what we were we were hoping it wouldn't turn out. To. So I was like, thank you, Jesus. And that JC is like truly kind of like taken on with Chase U and kind of, and I love it. 
I think it's great. I love this whole. I lo- actually love this backstage sequence, but I love the whole chase use thing that's going on anyway. So I really do. I, the women have taken over, and I'm and I'm here for that. I uh, I'll be the voice of dissent here. I <laughs> felt the exact opposite in my time since returning to NXT. Uh, I haven't chase you much in the ring i think the only matches that i've really seen i think i saw one where someone was wrestling singles and then i saw them in the beginning of the dusty classic but their promos uh especially the ones on this evening they were rough for me i get what they're going for and trust we watch other companies that have some weird outlandish silly nonsensical goofy surrealistic things but this felt like a bad disney channel nickelodeon performance like it i felt like i was watching mid to late 20 year olds trying to be high school students the (laughs) acting was just really rough for me it was i could see them thinking about the script oh yeah it was just rough it was it just didn't make me want to see more of chase you and you know watching weekly i have some other questions about some of the stuff that they do around them and i've I've heard a lot about them, so I'm waiting for the thing that is making them so popular. But yeah, this this was not it. And when they kept going back to it, I just kept going, why? What is what's happening? But, you know, I mean, there was just some backstage promos, so it wasn't the end of the world for me. But it, they were rough for me, but... Yeah, I also think what didn't help any of the backstage segments we got with the Chase U girls and what was to come later is I feel like the microphones weren't picking up the way they're supposed to because I was like, it's kind of quiet in some of these parts. I was like, boom, mic operator, what are we doing? <laughs> like, what is happening? Why is the audio not working well? I totally see where, Andrew, where you're coming from. As someone who's been following this weird Chase U story from the very beginning, it, mm-hmm. listen, it has taken so many turns. Will has been here for all of it. Like right now we're in the good phase where JC has saved the university. But before that we had gambling addiction. We had a hot shopping montage between Thea and JC, which by the way was kind of baller. It's been a weird thing as well. But you know, I love my girls and JC. I, I love them, but I'm very interested to see where we take this. All right. So I want to make a disclaimer about this next match, okay? On paper, I was wrong. I still have some mixed feelings about this match, but I will say this was a lot more hard-hitting and violent-esque than I thought it was going to be. Like, these six people were out for blood. And I am talking about our mixed six-person tag. You have the family, which is Tony, Stax, and Adriana Rizzo taking on OTM out the mud, which is Lucian Pierce, Bronco Nima, and Miss Jada Parker herself, who has been one of my new favorites right here. I love Jada Parker's attitude, and she reminds me of heel Bianca Belair when she was in NXT. I know that's not a fair comparison, and Jada has her own stuff. But this is what I, I want to see, the no-nonsense heel female wrestler, because we're missing that currently on the NXT women's roster right now. These six were out for blood. Like, Lord have mercy. They were bodies flying all over the place. There were stiff shots being thrown into it. Jada Parker was ready to fight everybody, which I feel like Jada for me was my favorite in this match because she'll fight women and dudes. I was like, yes, Jada. It might be because I'm glad that she is new to all this and whatnot, but we shall see what happens. Okay, boys, where do we even start with this? Go ahead. I was going to say... So I know this is WWE, and I don't know if and when we'll ever get there, but 
I really wish this would have been an intergender instead of a mixed tag or just call it a trios match. Really, the action that happened, we never really got to a point where it was like, oh, this person tagged in, so now the other person has to tag in. And like, it could everyone could have fought everybody and it almost went there anyway. And from what I could see, the ladies were some of the standouts of this. Like, and I've also seen the least of them, but they did awesome together in this match. Like, everybody in this, I was super impressed because I was not expecting this match to be as good as it was. Like, uh, the the, everything that they went for was intense. It was fun. They worked really well together. OTM is freaking huge. Uh, I mean, all three of them were pretty big, but the two dudes are just, they're giant. And to see them all run around in that ring, it was it was pretty cool. There was one spot where uh, one of the family, I forget who it was, went to jump to make a tag, got caught. And then you see him trying to reach over his opponent and his partner was like, I'll tag, I'll tag, okay, you got too close, so I'm not supposed to be able to tag you yet. And it was one of those things where it's like, he, he could definitely reach right now. But overall, from what I can tell, all six of these people are pretty fresh to professional wrestling, and they did great. I, I really enjoyed this match. It uh, had me wanting to see more of all of these people. Like, I'd love to see uh, OTM and the, the family fight for those titles. And what I'd really like to see is I'd, I'd be down to see Rizzo and uh, Jada Parker fight one-on-one because they really impressed me in this match. I was super impressed by them. Will, what are your thoughts on our six-person six tag match? Well, I, too, was in the same boat as you, and I was like, mm, this will be all right, I guess. And then I was like, then I was texting you during it. It was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, I want to see these guys. I want to see them do like street fighting. I mean, it was so brutal and so just, they were literally, I was like, I think I even said, I think that they're out, they're trying to kill each other. They're not trying to wrestle. They're trying to destroy one another. And it was, it was so good. It was, I, lo- I loved this match. And I, I agree. And I, I did go into it thinking that I had questions about, because, you know, I think OTM is a little questionable. The, the choices of that. I'm like, and, but the style in which the fight happened. And I think I sent, I think I messaged you about it. I was like, you know what? They shouldn't do this in like a, like a regular in-ring fight. This should literally be like street match. Cause I mean, they talk, both groups talk about the streets so damn much. Then put them on the streets and let them fight it out. I was just like, that was more, that would be super exciting to me. You know, if you put them on, put them in the place that they keep talking about. They're like, oh yeah, you were on the streets. Yeah, you weren't on the streets unless you were like, we were on the streets. And I'm like, oh my God, then go outside and fight each other. You know, it's like, so I wanted I want to see them in something less structured. I think this I think they would be be this would be a badass match if they had like a no restrictions type match going in mm-hmm. like literally just here you go now you can kill each other like a last, parking lot brawl or something. Yeah, something yeah. like last man standing wins mm-hmm. type of thing and uh and yeah, I miss Jada. Ooh, girl. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm, she is she's a queen let me tell you i'm like yes ma'am and there was that moment i loved the the first oh, it wasn't the first moment but it was i think it was probably about midway when her and rizzo got into it mm-hmm. and that was so good i was like i was i think girl bye like like full on like i could see them like in the halls of a high school like fighting scrapping in the hallways i was just like oh my god this is so good so 
this match exceeded my expectations because I had my expectations very low because I was like, mm, I, I'm not a big fan of OTM, you know, and and not necessarily the wrestlers, but I don't like the packaging of it. Presentation's you know, a little yeah. bit questionable. Yeah, and I'm just like, but I, the match. I said it when they first peer, appeared on the screen. I was like, this is prime time 2.0, and I don't know how <laughs> I feel about it. It was just like, yo, now I can't unsee it. Yeah, <laughs> no, especially because the clothes aren't that far off. I, I was yeah. just like, I didn't like that gimmick because we were perpetuating stereotypes. <laughs> this is not any better. But honestly, I wasn't a fan of OTM. And I'm not saying one person does it for a faction, but just Jada and the way she carries her character, she just adds something to OTM I felt like they were missing since their introduction. Yeah, Maturity. Yeah. Yes, there, I was like, if you want me to take you seriously as a faction, there has to be a level of maturity. Yes, we're watching professional wrestling. Yes, these characters are kind of dumb. But there has to be a that has to balance out with the sense of maturity. I was like, y'all are grown adults. I know most of you are still learning the trade, but everybody here is of the grown age, is above twenty one <laughs> at least. Yeah. I was like, we gotta we gotta do something. But this match, I was pleasantly surprised with this match. The family do pick up the victory here, which makes sense because you can't have your tag champs lose a non title match. But yeah, Jada Parker stood out for me in this match. And I got to give some kudos to Adriana, too. I feel like the women kind of added something different to this match. Though I do agree with Ad Andrew, I feel like let's just make this an intergender or, you know, match and just have everybody fight everybody. It's a good time. Honestly, I feel like NXT has the roster where you can have anybody mm -hmm. fight anybody at this point. It's great. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, again... I'm still trying to get used to with these NXT PLEs. We're also doing like weird skits and promos because then we got a segment with Kiana James and Izzy Dame. They're chilling with mimosas somewhere out in the Florida sun, I guess. I was like, all right, go off girls. And basically they're trying to figure out, okay, if we want to be at the top of the women's division, we get, they have a hit list. They literally call it a hit list. I was like, what is this? The mob? I was like, what do you mean? This is a hit list. But they have a list of the top-ranked girls in NXT, and Izzy and Kiana are looking for ways to tear these women down so that way they can get to the top of the division. And they mentioned that the person at the top of the said hit list who's, like, in the running to be future NXT is Kalani Jordan, which, on one hand, makes me super happy. I'm a big fan of Kalani, and I think she has grown, and I feel that she is rising in the division. On the other hand, I don't necessarily like these two going after Kalani without any, like, tangible reason outside. I was like, oh, we don't like her. But then again, sometimes the I don't like you trope tends to work out very well. But I'm like, what is this high school ladies? Like, I was like, what is happening? But I'm excited because that means we, it gives Kalani something to do because we haven't seen her since the Battle Royale. But I'm also worried that I don't want Kalani to start losing all the time, especially to these two. I was like, she doesn't need to lose. We'll see what happens with all that. And then this is where we get to the backstage segment where Trick Williams is still bleeding from the mouth, as you can tell. But him and Carmelo are in the kitchen somewhere. It's not even a medical tent. It looks like a backstage kitchen of the arena that they're yeah. at. I was like, is this sanitary, first of all? I was like, y'all are sweating and bleeding all over the place. That can't be good for sanitation, you know, problems. But Trick and Carmelo go back and forth. They talk a little bit. Carmelo assumes that Trick wants to do this alone. And then Trick Williams makes the cardinal sin of letting Carmelo come out for his match. I was just like, here we go. The plot thickens. The wheels are starting. This is the origin point of what we get later in the evening. 
but we're going to wait until we get to that match to talk about it. But at this point, I was just like, finally, we are entering the final <laughs> chapter of this saga. It is about to go off. Speaking of things that went off. Okay. So this was a tale of two matches because technically it was two different matches thrown into one. But you know what? I don't care what nobody says. <laughs> I enjoyed a lot of this. So surprisingly, what I thought was going to be the semi-main event before our main event, which was not, we end up getting our NXT Women's Championship match slated in this spot. Originally, it is Lyra Valkyria defending her title against Roxanne Perez. Me and Will have talked about this. We still believe that Cora Jade would have been in this spot had she mm -hmm. not torn her ACL at the house show. And so Roxanne was a last-minute replacement by winning the Women's Battle Royal on NXT a few weeks ago. So neither here nor there. Roxanne's a good choice. She is a good, she is like the one of the most experienced women on the NXT roster right now outside of Lyra and Blair and a couple other girls who have already wrestled on the independence for a while too. I wasn't digging this match the way that I thought I was going to. I felt like the first couple of minutes they were still trying to fill each other out, which is really weird because both women are very experienced in the ring. But then I thought about it. I was like, they really haven't faced each other like this. So they're still trying to work out the kinks. And then it, from there, it was just go, go, go. So before we get into the second half of the match with a surprise entrance and what happens to this match next, boys, what are your initial thoughts on the first half of this match where it was just Han Rock Sand fighting each other? Uh, I 100% agree. The North American title match should have gone here. Both for scale of title and for quality of match. Not not that the North American title match wasn't good, but this match, especially as it progressed and kind of developed into what it became, was a close runner-up for my match of the night. And and I enjoyed even even before uh, it got crazier. I, I think the two of these, they're two solid performers that are likely going to be, you know, they're going to be up there with, the top WWE women that they have in the years to come. Yeah. Well, totally well you had yeah. totally agree. <laughs> totally agree. Now I think that it was this one, this match was in the match itself. The first half of the match itself was fantastic. I mean, I agree. These two women are superstars. I really do. You know, Perez is fantastic. I love her as a wrestler. I think she's, you know, she's ambitious and she's talented. She's got a about her that that is just, I think people just like, you know. And then of course Lyra is just is Lyra. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I freaking just love her. Formidable women. And I think that, you know, this I was I, mean, I was very excited for this match because I, I, you know, I think we've, we've talked about it before, Mikey, we just, we wanted to see these two fight and we've been waiting for it. <laughs> you know, it's sort of like, all right, let's wait. And then yay. So I, yeah, I, I really, I did. I thoroughly enjoyed this, the first half of this match. Really it good. was. And I was really surprised that Roxanne hit a finisher like really early in this match. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's about to happen? Then Lyra goes into the corner. Roxanne is trying to get her. And then we hear Lola Vice's music hit. And I'm just like, oh, snap. Here we go. Oh, God. Here we then, go. I'm going to. Okay. Uh, Lola Vice, if you see this, I know you can actually hurt people because you do have some mixed <laughs> MMA background a tiny She's bit. And, and I love you. So I want to preface by saying this. I'm going to admit 
I was like rolling my eyes. I'm like, oh no, here we go. I was like, Lola, I love you, but you're still green compared to Lyra and Roxanne. I'm like, these girls have years of experience under the belt. What is going to happen? I, I look at the weirdest things. I thought it was kind of funny, like in the best way possible when she was dragging the ref down the ring with her. I'm like, I was like, what happened? Yeah, yeah. the the storytelling of all of that, the cash and everything that like, yeah, it would have just been great in a in a higher spot on the card. Uh, I will say it. I love the uniqueness of the cash in and how it happened and the advantage mm-hmm. that she tried to get. But in the logic of what we all know for a cash in option, a briefcase or whatever form it comes in, why would you just not wait until one of them beats the other one and then just exactly. cash it in there and try to take the most advantage that you could? That being said, I'm happy that it didn't go that way because we got to see all three of them face each other. And I feel like this match was for Lola Vice for me, what it was when I, the first time I saw Oba Femi wrestle and not having seen much and instantly becoming a fan because without knowing much about all three of these performers and the history that's kind of led up to this and just trying to catch up with stuff. uh, You know, I liked how the finish played into the Pax, uh, Pax Leva story and how that continued that. I like how it played into uh, Perez not losing the title and struggling to get back to it. It's that, you know, the champ that never lost it and is trying to get it back. And I was super impressed with Lola Vice's skills. She, you know, she throws really good strikes, both professional wrestling strikes, but she has a really good MMA to pro wrestling style uh, you know, she fought for Bellator and uh, she's five and one as a pro. And so she clearly knows how to do those things, but it translates well to her professional wrestling style. And sometimes we see people who have those skills that get kind of awkward because they're like, I don't want to actually knock out my opponent. And so I have to think about how to throw a good looking punch or kick. That's not an actual thing that's going to hurt them or incapacitate them. And then, you know, it's they have to figure out how to change their styles for performance. And I feel like she did a really good job on that. So this, all three of these are great. Like, I, I want to see more of them. And this is just showing me the strength and quality of the women's division in NXT between these three the two ladies from uh, the six-person tag match, like you know, the Royal Rum or the Battle Royal that they had a few weeks ago, like it's 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 a really good division. And I I shouldn't say three, all four of them. I think the ones that were involved in this match, everything I've seen from them so far, from the weeks leading up to this match, the character work, the performance in and out of the ring, phenomenal. I I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, I was like, why did she throw that away? And then I got caught up and I didn't get to send the message. But I was literally like, why did she throw that away right here? No. Because, I mean, I know she's still young and she's still green and all that. But this was a rookie mistake. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know. No, not yet. It's like, no, (laughs) not yet. Let, let, Let Lyra... And Roxanne tire each other out. Mm-hmm. Let somebody beat somebody. And then you run your butt in there with it and go, all right, I'm ready to do it. And then that's when you do it. Yeah, I agree. I just, I loved it though. And I loved watching all three of them go at it. Yeah. And, and I thought it was great. Yeah. Lola was like whooping some ass in there. I was like, you go girl, you go. Cause I thought she was going to come in there and get her head knocked off. And then they were going to go back to just, you know, uh, and Roxanne. And I was like, but no, she held her own, and I was kind of impressed. I mean, I was like, she's not going to win, but I was impressed by it. 
Our little tot that came in later. Yes. Yeah, so Andrew, we here at you know the NXT review team, we have gave Tatum Paxley a nickname. So Tatum Tot Paxley. So let's just talk about this ending because this was also wild to watch. So Roxanne hits Lyra with the Pop Rocks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh snap, here we go. And then Tatum Tot comes into the ring. She tries to bulldoze Lola. Lola gets out of the way, and then she ends up bulldozing Roxanne out of the ring, which then Lola tries to go. Listen, Lola's kicks look devastating as all get-go. Like, they Mm -hmm. look violent, and if you get hit by one, it's over. So as Lola goes for a kick, Lyra answers with one of her own, and then she hits the night kiss or the nightshade, one of the two. I prefer nightshade. I think they called it the night kiss. I don't like that name. I think nightshade works better. But she hits that on Lola to get the win and retain the NXT Women's Championship. I'm happy to see Lyra hold on to this a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. I would like to see her fight more of the women before losing the title. I have one opponent in mind when she comes back from injury. I think would be the nice ultimate test to see how much Lyra can be. If anyone is familiar with her work in Japan... She is currently out of injury, but I want a Lyra Valkyria versus Mako a match like as soon as Mako is cleared to get back into the ring because that match is going to slap. I also wouldn't mind if Asuka wants to come back to NXT for a stint and fight Lyra. Listen, when main roster invaded NXT a couple of months ago, Will wasn't too happy about it. But, you know, he became a big fan of Asuka from her presentation Asuka, and her wrestling. Yeah, so I just, good. I just have an issue with it. That's just i have the, the the general issue with it i don't have an issue with the wrestlers themselves just have a, main roster have coming issue, to NXT. Yes, and coming down and like that is taking fair. over and that's so <laughs> as uh as, as someone who watches a another kind of uh junior promotion if you will of uh of a bigger promotion i understand when the promotion that you uh follow and appreciate gets mistreated by the the big brother sister promotion so no i can imagine but yeah oscar's fire oh yeah Oscar. it's amazing presentation and entering wise she is so good nobody is ready for oscar you know speaking of things that nobody was ready for i wasn't ready for this chase you thing to take a romance turn because <laughs> yeah. i was like hold up wait a minute what so we go backstage and we see jc and thea still selling the calendars like hotcakes uh riley osborne from chase you uh, comes up and he is a complete dork and I love him for it. Like, again, this is stupid, but I love the stupidity of it. So, right, you know, we had no inclination that he liked the like that, but now apparently that we do. So he comes up and he's all like shy, asks Thea, he's like, hey, do you have any plans for Valentine's Day? Do you want to be my Valentine? Like a little school the girl, Thea's like, yes, yes, yes. She's the excitable chihuahua of NXT. We love Thea Hale here. So, essentially, this turns into that Thea has liked Riley, has reciprocated the feelings. I feel like I'm watching a romance novel, you know, play out. I was just like, I don't know what's happening anymore. I was like, this is kind of left field, but weirdly enough, I'm entertained. It felt like Saved by the Bell, Chase You. Yes. I was just like, I don't know what's happening here. So, then we get this little weird promo. So, then the screen cuts to black, and we get, like, this weird, like, creepy font. And I'm just like, I have no clue who this is supposed to be. Like, I have speculated online that it's like, oh, it's Okada. I was like, "Mm, I wouldn't go that far quite yet. But I'm wondering if this is somebody new. 
if this is somebody returning. Like, I don't know what's happening, but I'm kind of here for the mystery of it. So I'm thinking, I was like, okay, so like this person is going to be wearing many faces. I have no idea what this is going to be, but I'm here for it. I was just like, this is how you get me invested. I hope we get to see more of this, you know, down the line. I, I will say the first thing that popped into my mind, and I don't know how accurate this could even be but the person that came to my mind was uh bo dallas you know what i could believe that you know person and the real life you know bray wyatt rest in power honestly i think i would love to see bo back honestly i miss him weirdly enough like the b team was like one of those tag teams i was like i'm still mad the fashion police never won the tag titles fandango and tyler breeze man yeah i'm like and you want to talk about murder boards will this whole gimmick for the fashion police. So they had a murder board of like fashion faux pas and people who were committing fashion crimes. It was a thing of beauty. And I'm upset that they never won the SmackDown tag team. Title. I'm upset that they're not still working together. Like, God, they were so good. Oh my gosh. Anyways. So when we come back, you know, we see, well, the thing that we got to talk about too, it was Vic Joseph who normally does NXT commentary, but it was Wade Barrett the whole entire night too. Yeah. From SmackDown. I was just like, Booker T is dealing with some sort of medical issues. So Booker T, we're hoping for a speedy recovery, whatever that is. We hope that everything's going okay. So Booker, we get back to Vic <laughs> and Sam. I'm so used to Booker being, yeah. I missed Booker's ad list for Trick Williams' entrance when we get to that <laughs> match. I'm like, it's not the same. But Wade and Vic, we get back to them. And this is where we get two announcements. First, we get the next TV special NXT. So on March 5th, 2024 is NXT's next big television event, which is NXT Roadblock. Except it's going to be in Savannah, Georgia. And Savannah, Georgia is on my hit list right now because uh, over on AEW Dynamite, they did not do, they were not a good crowd for that show. Mm. It made me mad because I'm like, how do you have Thunder Rosa on your show and you don't cheer for her? I'm like, boo you people in Savannah. It's like rude, but I'm excited. I love that NXT does. And apparently we have the next couple ones too because then they announced in July we're getting Heat Wave from Toronto. I'm just like, NXT is not playing out here. Now, NXT, Shawn Michaels, I know you watch this because you take our advice. I need to know what's happening with Great American Bash this year. Are you going to make it a TV special? Is it going to be its own PLE? The second thing is, is that if you are going to make Great American Bash PLE, can you bring it to California or can you put it back in Texas? Because the NXT boys want to get together and go to a show. I'm just putting it out there. Just a suggestion. Okay. So now, I still don't know how to feel about this next match because I feel like it was in the wrong place. I enjoyed it, though I knew immediately what the outcome was going to be because one person is on their the SmackDown roster and one of them is not. So we get into <laughs> our semi-main event for Vengeance Day. This is for the NXT North American Championship. This is Oba Femi defending his title against the person he took it off of in Dragon Lee. Now, we've already talked about this. The road to get here has been a mess. Because originally, a couple pay-per-views ago, it was supposed to be... So, let, let's backtrack here, because this was a whole journey to get to the point that we are. First, it was supposed to be Mustafa Ali versus Dominic Mysterio for this title at No Mercy. Then Mustafa Ali gets released, still not over that. And then it turns into Dragon Lee versus Dominic Mysterio for, like, the second time Dragon Lee gets the title. Then... 
we fast forward to deadline where it was supposed to be you know dragon lee versus that didn't happen because literally the week before we're supposed to get this match wesley cuts his promo where he's gonna be out for a year because he has to have lower back surgery Wes, we're hoping you're recovering and we miss you I was so gut wrenched for that. So then Dragon Lee got is got the title back. So then Oba Femi cashes in his NXT breakout sheet contract, beats the tar out of Dragon Lee after defending it, becomes new NXT championship, and then we're getting this rematch. Essentially, this is Dragon Lee finishing up in NXT before we put him back on the SmackDown roster. I'm gonna be honest, I love Dragon Lee, but this was such a one-sided fight <laughs> for a lot of this. Oba Femi. Listen, there are people who love Oba Femi. They are known as the Oba Feminists. I am not one of those Oba Feminists because I still need to see him do more than just the big WWE NXT power build in the 2K22 game that we are watching in front of us. I can't. I'm trying to find the exact words of why I didn't sit. I didn't like this match. Only I think I pretty much said it. This was really one-sided for the most part of it, which I get. You're supposed to show off the power player, but Dragon Lee can do so much. And I feel like we only got like 20% of what Dragon Lee is known to do and that we've seen him do. I, I don't know what it was. Something just clicked. I really enjoyed him. I think he moves really well as a big man. But that being said, this match almost felt redundant. Mm-hmm. Like it felt like, okay, well, Dragon Lee has got to finish out his contract. We don't have anyone next in line to fight Obafemi for the title. So let's just have them rematch and do, you know, face each other. And we got some cool spots for the buildup with uh, Femi attacking LWO and then Dragon Lee trying to come out and, you know, save them. I feel like we could have gotten more out of this match. I will say, like, Dragon Lee, like, the, I think the last name is Gonzalez. Those brothers, Roosh, Dragon Lee, and Drillistico, like, you can tell they're related. Though, I mean, other than the fact that they wear the same boots. But uh the style that they bring in is very similar and it's such a high impact intense style it's a very unique style of lucha libre and i think like you said mike i think we could have seen more out of that and it would have given obafemi a kind of like hurdle to come back from i also you set up that table spot and did not use it i felt mm-hmm. like i was so robbed and then you just threw him into an office chair like a padded office chair like that this would have been a good match to use a spot like that in. i get that there was still another match to come and your announcers have to sit somewhere but plan for it your wwe can afford two announce tables out there just have a spanish announce table or something that they go through but yeah it, it needed some bigger spots than what they gave us uh, and I hope that they build up some good competition for Oba while he has this title, because I feel like he's probably not long for NXT, uh, just because they like to bring up the big big boys to the other places. But overall, I mean, I felt like it was a solid matchup of a powerhouse versus a high flyer. You got what you expected. So it wasn't like it was bad. It just was kind of redundant and didn't necessarily have any. It felt like both of them could have done better. They could have given us a better match. It was good, but not great. Yeah. I hate to say this, but I feel that this was more of an NXT weekly television match. 
before the title, then it should be a pay-per-view. And I know, you know, we're not backstage. We're not doing all the booking decisions. But I feel that there could have been some other matches, especially when you're touting this as Vengeance Day. When I think of Vengeance Day, I want some of these matches to be, you know, revenge is the option. Forget a win or a loss. We're out here for vengeance. And I feel that some of the stories that we were telling leading into Vengeance Day could have been here. Now, I know they did it on the Go Home show, and we saw what happened in the NXT Women's Championship match, but if things went differently, like, we could have had, I don't know, like a 10-minute match. Lola versus Electra Lopez could have been a lot of fun here. Trey wants to get his lick back after Lexus jumps him. Shoot, we could have had Eddie Thorpe and some iteration of somebody who's hating on him have the Listen, I just want Eddie Thorpe more on my television screen. I don't know where he's been since the underground match, but I want Eddie Thorpe back on my TV screen immediately i know they were already into the obafemi dragon lee thing but a match that i would love to see would be obafemi versus uh gacy and you could have built to that matchup make that a hardcore match for the north american title with the two of them and it plays into gacy being able to use the hardcore rules to kind of counter the size and power of obafemi but again I, i think it's all just it could have been better you know yeah will any closing thoughts no i don't think it belonged here i just like it fell out of place and i agree it was redundant we didn't need to see it we knew what the outcome was gonna be it's just one of those it's like don't 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 put a wrestling match in just to have it needs to be in there for a reason and this is exactly what this felt like it was like oh we just we got to put him up against somebody and oh well dragon lee because they have that beef we've already seen this fight i don't need to see it again and it ended up being the same thing, just a couple more same extra outcome. minutes. Yeah, the same outcome. I mean, it was lit. I mean, yeah, they gave Dragon Lee a few, you know, cool hits on him, but it was the same fight. I was so bored during this fight. I was just like, okay, I've seen this. I, I, I was literally like, okay, Obafemi is going to destroy him. He's going to win. Moving on. And yeah, you're right. It was just. It was just a, a smidge longer than the original match. And I'm just like, why are we watching? Why, why, why are we here again? We didn't need to be here again. You know, uh, you could have put somebody else in this, like a whole other match in here. And it would have made more sense. There are plenty of people, you know, the funny thing is there's plenty of fighters, wrestlers that in NXT that Vengeance Day would have been perfect for. So I, I just don't think it belonged in the pay-per-view. I just don't. Not and I like both of these performers. I love both of these guys. I think Obafemi's fantastic. Dragon Lee, of course, I I love. But I'm just like we literally just we literally just watched this match. <laughs> you know, it's like I will say something else that bothers me. Stop telling me that Dragon Lee is the next Rey Mysterio. Let him be. Oh my Dragon gosh, Lee. can we stop with that, bro? Like, like, stop. Yeah, just let him be who he is. We don't need to have the next whoever. No. Just like, we don't need the next Rey Mysterio. We need yeah. the we need Dragon Lee. Yeah. Because he's still, he's very different from Rey Mysterio, and that's good. Like, Rey Mysterio was good because he was Rey Mysterio. Let Dragon Lee be Dragon Lee because he's he's good as he is. So, yeah, stop trying to tell me who I'm, I'm supposed to like them. Let me see them tell yeah. me. Seriously. Uh, don't try to shove it down our throats because we saw what happened when you tried to do that with Roman Reigns back in 2015, and look how well that turned out back then. Anyways, so from here, we could cut backstage one more time in the evening. Back to our Chase U girls. And then this is where Dawson's Creek takes a turn here. Because then Lexis, so Lexis King, 
formerly known as Brian Pillman Jr. in AEW, which, you know, I don't know what was worse, Lexus's acting or the lineup of his beard. That beard is out of control. Like, who is your barber? Jesus Christ. Who is lighting up the beard? Like, what happened? I'm just like, who is, like, drawing that shit in with an eyebrow pencil? That's exactly, (laughs) I'm like, could you please stop? There are dying it to get rid of the gray. Like. There are guys who do a better job with the Sharpie marker on their eyebrows than Lexus King is doing with his beard. Like, My dick is so bad, and it's stark, you know. Yet. Listen, I love the dramatics that is Chase you, but even I was caught off guard by how weird this was. So Lexus King is still trying to hit on Thea. The Osborne, who has been Thea's like girlfriend for like less than 30 seconds, mm-hmm. comes in. I appreciate that he is defending his on defending Thea's honor, but Thea's a big girl. She could she's a grown ass woman, as she says, and she can take care of her own business. I, I was JC the entire time, and I was she was watching this interaction. She's like, "Why am I even here? <laughs> like, what is happening?" And so Lexus and Riley fight. Then they begin to throw down and pull it apart. It's like the crowd, the, the fans that were in the background, did not help the situation. I was like, what is going on? I would have loved to see Thea jump Lexus and be like, no, like get on the back and start like be pulling hair. And I'm looking at Riley. I'm like, Riley, we know you can fight. I know in WWE that you are the high flying maneuver. But need I remind you who you are engaged to one of the baddest women on the planet to Blair Davenport. Like we know you know you picked up something from Blair because Blair kicks all the ass and she will kick you into next week. Riley, we know you can fight. Come on, dude. This was a whole weird segment. And this, I'm like, this is cheesier than the CW and Dawson's Creek. I was like, I don't know what I watched. And at this moment, I was like, okay, I'm here for the camp. And even this is a little much for me. I was like, let's turn it down a little bit. Yeah, even I was that way too. I was like, this was too much. Like, had this been on NXT weekly television, NXT, I would have been cool. But I feel like we do need to not reserve. We did okay with the first back, you know, two backstage segments. I feel like we didn't need this third one. Because this was a little much even for, I was like, we're doing a pay-per-view, not a weekly NXT show. I want the PLEs and the weekly shows to be a little bit different from each other. So this was a mess. And then, you know, we get a little backstage interview with Ava Rain. First of all, the internet trolls, I need y'all to stop it because Ava has left the internet because of y'all's hate because of her father. She has nothing to do with it. Leave the poor girl alone. Oh my gosh, it's so annoying. I will say I am I have not yet become a fan of Ava. She's very new on the mic. Uh but my dislike has nothing to do with anything associated with her family or anything like that. You know, I actually really hope for a lot of second, third generation stars because there's something about seeing the children of the people that I grew up watching get to follow in their parents' footsteps. But on top of those issues, this felt like I get they were trying to make it like a, a real interview, but really it was just a commercial for their next three that were coming up. And we already just saw two graphics about two of the three of them. We didn't need this in there. So it just, especially because we went from the Dragon Lee Obafemi match to the main event, and we had like four promo things in the middle of there that just, it just felt like it was just dragging through the mud, just so slow going. Uh, and this didn't add anything that we didn't already find out that you didn't just tell us about. Yeah, it was really weird. I feel that we could have cut like the 10 minutes that was everything and just gone straight into the main event. So funny enough, we get bumpers for the NXT episode that would be happening a few days later. 
of what to expect, which I'm like, I get it. We got to promote the show. But like, this is PLE. Like, everyone needs to calm down. So then we get into our main event, the NXT Championship. It was Ilya Dragunov. The, listen, we'll talk about Ilya. It was Ilya Dragunov defending the NXT Championship against somebody who has been waiting since October, essentially, to be facing him. Now, granted, these paths were supposed to cross, but then Trick won the right at deadline by being the men's Iron Survivor winner. And then since December, we've been trying to have this match. But because of reasons, we have not gotten to it. Before I let my co-host say, I'm going to be honest. From beginning to end, before we get to what happens post-match, and how I was lied to by the little logo of NXT <laughs> like they always do, I was like, I was lied to again, and I can't believe I fell for it again. I'm going to say this was probably my match of the night because, look, we already know Ilya can go. Ilya is that dude. Ilya, listen, Ilya versus Volta at TakeOver 36, like back in the black and gold era, is still one of my favorite matches ever. Now, that was a good match, but the original one they had back in NXT UK, woo, that one was so good. So we know Ilya can good go. And Ilya bled this match. And when Ilya bleeds, he sees he's a bull in a china shop. He sees red, and you better watch out because he's going to kill somebody. But I think more importantly, from the, a standpoint of storytelling, this was Trick Williams' big litmus test up to this point to see how he can fare one-on-one -on -one with probably one of the strongest wrestler NXT has on their men's roster right now. And my goodness, baby Trick Williams held his own, and I was really impressed. I was like, he has grown so much, and I feel so happy to see his journey come to this because this match ruled so much. It was hard-hitting. He was doing Ilya things. Trick started pulling out things I didn't even know he was capable of, which was surprising to me in a very good way. Oh, my goodness. Boys, let's talk about it. Ilya versus Trick Williams. Trick is still bleeding from the mouth and began to bleed even more during this match, as well as Ilya. How do we feel about our main event for Vengeance Day? I smell some dissenting opinions. Uh, I actually, this match, I agree. This match was my match of the night. It was a super hard-hitting match. Trakhanov's face was blown up by the end of this match and uh it, it just fit for his style and just made him look crazier one of the things i really liked was dave they did this really well was catching the camera angles when they would shoot the action in the match especially when they would focus on trick is they would catch mellow in the background and it was one of those moments of like where you're like watching his reaction and they would do it ever so often where it's like you're just like waiting to see like what's he gonna do what's his tail gonna be like how are we gonna see what's gonna happen and so it just kind of had this sense of anticipation or foreboding going into it and yeah i thought both these guys just i mean they they weren't really really hard and i enjoyed it a lot there was one rough spot where uh trick hit a yurinagi off the apron onto Ilya, and it was almost like they didn't communicate the jump on it so they basically just kind of went straight down and it looked like Ilya hit really hard and it was rough because he was landing on his back. But other than that, I mean, I, this this match was super action packed for me. I was really hoping for a different outcome in the who came out with the win. But at the same time, I thought it was a great match. And, you know, I'm not sure because I've heard rumors that Trick might be getting a call up. So I don't know if that's happening or not. But yeah. 
It, it was. I, I really enjoyed it. I liked what I saw. Well, this match was badass. I I had concerns not in the match itself but the way they were presenting the match i think i think that because we had been we have been building this trick hello dissension for so long too long if you ask me uh so long that it overshadowed Ilya because we weren't focusing on Ilya. We were focusing on what was happening between tricking. And I think that's kind of, for me, it's kind of what pulled me out of the match. And so when I was, the, the match was fantastic. I mean, yeah, the, the two, the, these two men were fighting for like, as if they were fighting over the last breath of air. I mean, trick was holding his own. He was not a rookie. He was like, he was there. And, you know, and I, I loved it because Dragunov told him, if you're going to come, you go, you better come. Yeah. And he did. And I was like, well, there you go. Yeah, and Dragunov's face through, <laughs> by the end of it was was quite funny. But because uh, he was just like, I was just like, okay, here we go. And so after I got, I went and watched it the second time, the match itself really kind of like blew my socks off. Uh, I just thought that initially it, it was, there was too much focus on Carmelo on the sidelines. And and so it, it literally pulled me out of the match because I was like, oh, God, what is he doing? Oh, they got a camera on him. He's doing something. Well, it was, you know, so that's yeah. So that was me. But this is my match of the night. After I watched it the second time, this was totally my match. Of the night. It was intense. It was, you know, I think it went just the, you know, just the length that needed to. It had the the cool suspenseful moments, the oh, my God moments, you know, like when Trick pinned him. And there was no referee to count him out, yeah. you know? And I was just like, literally, I was like, Trick won that match. It's like, he won that match. with, But it was, and it was the outcome that I figured was going to happen. I figured Ilya was not going to lose this match. And, and, and the reason that is, is because of Carmelo and Trick's thing. Because I was like, oh, there's going to be some shenanigans. And lo and behold, there were. And, you know, Ilya is going to pick up the win because of the shenanigans. And and I just thought, God, this was such could have been a I mean, like beyond what we got. I think it could have been like, oh, my God, like incredible, incredible. But because they were so focused on and again, I think that went on way too damn long that building to that betrayal because they're like, oh, no, let's we'll do it. No, 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 let's don't do it there. Let's do it to the next one. Oh, no, let's don't do it that one. Let's do it at Vengeance Day. And it's like, OK, fine. So just it went on and on. And, you know, and then the whole trick not, you know, he's been waiting. What was it since October yeah. to actually fight Dragunov? And they just kept postponing it and putting it off. Oh, he's injured. Or, oh, this happened. Or, oh, that happened. And then I'm just like, I I'm losing interest at this point. I'm literally like looking at my watch going, all right, if it doesn't happen in like the next like month, I'm done. It's like I'm done. And I was well, getting there. Yeah. So, I mean, as it was said, won this match. This was a really good bout. This trick has showed that he is going to be a big key player going on the future with this company. Mm -hmm. I wrote in my notes is that I need somebody to tell Ilya that professional wrestling is not real because the way that he fights and the way that he sells, it's, it makes oh, it, yeah. he literally is the mad dragon, the mad czar himself. Mm -hmm. I was like, I need somebody to tell Ilya that this is not real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
Because like, he fights like it's like he, his life is on the line, and he sells for everyone. I was like, Ilya he, he, he must be a method actor. He reminds me a lot in certain ways of a certain wrestler that doesn't get uh, talked about a lot anymore because of their act. Uh, you know, a certain crippling wrestler, but uh, just that intensity and that style, his build, like every, it's just. He's got that quality about him, but yeah, it's one of those things where you're you just see him hit certain moves, and it's, it's the way he gets hit. It's just you're like, oh, dude, mm-hmm. like you know, you got to do this again in like three days, right? <laughs> like, careful. But I mean, it made for one hell of a match. Absolutely, I was just like, all right, well, that's a thing that happened. So, will you addressed it? Uh, you hinted at it a little bit earlier, and let's just talk about it. So. I was lied to by the local because Ilya picks up the win. He leaves. Trick and Mello are in the ring. You know, Trick is crying or looks about to start crying because he lost the match and I felt bad for Trick. I was like, "You, this was a hell of a fight, man. You have nothing to be sad about. You held your own against Ilya. It's just Ilya is literally a different monster. And so the logo appears. So I was like, well, okay, I guess we're going to wait. And then Carmelo positions himself behind Trick Williams. And the turn officially happens. Carmelo chop blocks Trick. Then, shout out to the camera person for, like, making this super believable as if, like, Trick was getting, like, his ankle destroyed mm-hmm. by the chair. But Carmelo grabs a chair. He continuously attacks the ankle with the chair. And then he sits on the chair to get in the fans' heat. He takes the... TMG for Trick Mellow Gang shirt lays it on Trick as he exits out, and this is how we end Vengeance Day. So I am gonna be honest, even though it took us a long time to get to this point, I am happy to see you know that we finally got the turn, and now we are entering the last chapter in this whole entire saga. I'm gonna save my thoughts for another time because uh we got more development later in the week. With this whole storyline that uh, we're going to talk about later. But let's wrap this thing up. So, Vengeance Day. The first NXT PLE of 2024. Boy, howdy. We already have three announced. And we know when those three are. It's going to be crazy. I'm excited. Because it's like, give me my calendar. I'm weird. I'm like, give me the date so I can write this in my calendar. So then I can figure out, okay. What time, what am I going to be making sure that I don't drive myself nuts for reviewing this? But. Let's go into our final uh, grading scale. So here at the mix, we tend to grade on a scale of 10 or letters for some of us. Like, we don't really have a select scale, but we have adopted the empanada scale or, you know, our regular out of 10 grading system, 1 out of 10. 10 empanadas meaning it was the best show on the planet. Number one being that it was absolute garbage. That's only reserved for the pits of hell and NWA sometimes. You know, listen... If you do certain hard-laced things on your pay-per-view, you deserve to get a couple points knocked off your rating because whoever thought that was a good idea needs to be fired immediately. But Vengeance Day, I'll go first. I think for the first PLE, if I'm looking at the card as a whole, there was definitely some highlights. Nothing was extremely bad, but nothing like... And it's not fair to compare, but... Of course, so far, nothing has gotten close to me having the same feeling that I did when I watched No Mercy from last year. No Mercy is probably my favorite NAC pay-per-view from last year, just because of how it was presented, how we built up to this. And I 
engine today was strong because we were continuing some storylines but overall i think i'm gonna give this like a seven out of ten i still think that's very fair i thought i had i have a lot of fun with this and nxt pay-per-views that's always my thing like i always have a good time watching it but as far as development for a lot of these, we got a lot of matches at Vengeance Day that half of them are not going to be continuing into storylines down the line. They're kind of just like, all right, we're done. I was like, oh, okay, well, that was fine. But I get this a 7 out of 10. I still thought it was a good time. I had fun, but uh, I wanted a little bit more. I also think it's kind of not... I also am trying to be fair as well because Stand and Deliver is next, and that is the top NXT show every single year, so they can't be playing all their cards immediately but seven out of ten for me uh will i'm gonna come to you next since you are normally my other nxt co-host and then we're i'm gonna give andrew the newbie spot to go last so will which final yeah. grade for vengeance day hmm. i actually gave it a six and I, I mean i wasn't necessarily wowed by anything i mean the, the last the main event was pretty wow but and you know there were there was some oh these are good and but I, I wasn't really moved by this one like i thought i might be i thought oh this one's gonna oh it's gonna be great it's their first oh, it's gonna be oh yeah you know of course it could also be i have like super high expectations for like the first one out of the gate because it kind of sets up i think what to expect going forward and or at least it lets me put a set a bar so if they exceed the bar i'm like woo but it's like if you go below the bar, it's like so. So this was about a six-ish. You know, I loved Baron and Braun. I loved the you know Ilya and Trick, and I loved Lyra and Roxanne. But I wasn't like super vocal at anything. You know, it wasn't like it didn't move me. Like I mean, the 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 last match did the main event moved me, and I got vocal with it. Once I went back and watched it the second time after I got past, they're focusing too much on the drama as opposed to the actual match. But overall, I mean, I'd say about six, six, five because you know, it was it was all right. It wasn't. It was. I mean, it's not one of the, it's one of those. If someone was like, "Hey, I got tickets to this," I'd be like, "Yeah, I'd go," but I wouldn't buy them myself. That sort of thing, you know, that's kind of where I fall on it. No disrespect to the wrestlers by any means, because it had nothing to do with you. It had to do with programming and stupid shit. That is very fair. And finally, popping his NXT review cherry. Andrew, what did you give Vengeance Day? You know, just to keep it interesting, uh, and I didn't this I I I have my own scale for how I figure out what I give them. Uh, so uh, this isn't reflected by the scores that you all gave them, but uh, just you know to keep it interesting, I give it an eight out of ten. I and and maybe it is because I've had less investment in NXT coming into this. So um, like when I wrote my notes about it was a really fun night of matches. Some were outstanding. I think you know three or four of the matches were really really good matches, and I really enjoyed them. Uh, and then the other ones, like, I felt like maybe they, I would have felt different about them had I known more of the background. Uh, so I may have given them a benefit of the doubt in that kind of uh, respect. But overall, the matches, that's mostly what I try to rank. I will kind of adjust it on the flow of the whole night and everything. But I think the promos were really the weakest part of this entire card uh there were a lot that just seemed unnatural or poorly scripted and it kind of took away from a lot of the action especially considering there was a lot at the end of the night it was really good that had we gone 
from one match to the next, it would have just amped that up. But yeah, I mean, for my first uh, NXT PLE in multiple years, I, I I would give this a you know a solid B. It's a it was a eight out of ten for me. I love that. My goodness, that one's gonna be intense because that is the big show for NXT every single year. Wait, I and thought he was. Had- an- uh well boys this has been really fun but we got to get out of here because uh, we got some other crazy stuff happening right now that we're going to be reporting on shortly so you're going to want to tune in later this week for you know what's been going on with all of that like seriously it is nuts i don't know what's happening anymore but from myself will and our newest nxt co-host andrew and the rest of the biconics boys remember Take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, stay biconic, all you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Vibe Tribe production. What's going to happen next time? Well, you're going to have to tune in to find out. But until then, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, make sure that you keep the good times rolling. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time.